Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. my friend how are you doing hello sir it's good to hear your voice can you hear me okay yes sir you're coming through good and um Excellent. thank you for coming by today folks we're excited to be here with dr daniel daves global food producers headquartered in panama and um brother daniel um god bless you my friend it's been a little bit since we had our last show how you been doing since last time it sure has been a little while. <laughs> it's so so good to, to be with you again. Um, well, I tell you, I apologize for being a little bit late. I ha- I literally have been neck deep in mud with a, a well pump that blew out, and we got it repaired. Wow! Uh, but it was it was very important. You know, we're we're kind of on a little bit different type of mission here. Our mission: we are hands on, baby, out on this farm that we have created as a prototype for the third world and with a moving working farm there's all kinds of little problems that happen in emergencies every day my brother no worries at all um and we're always flexible here so uh especially in these times we got to be the world is uh going to hell in a handbasket at a breakneck speed i'm just going to throw you the mic why don't you open us up in prayer and take the next half hour go anywhere you want my friend Man, that sounds great. Thank you so much. Well, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, soon coming King, he who rose from the dead to the power of an eternal life and who raised us together with him. We are here today to say, here we are. Here I am. Send me. Just as the prophet Isaiah said, Lord, we say, here I am, send me. I'm here ready to move forward. I'm a first responder, ready to move forward into the troubled areas, ready to take the kingdom by force if necessary. And we thank you, Father, for anointing this day, anointing Omega Man Radio and all of the places that they are reaching out to anoint 
every ear, cause every ear and every eye to open at the sound of my voice and at the sound of the word of God, the sound of Omega Man Radio every time they flip the switch and start broadcasting. Thank you for meeting their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We we honor you today. We thank you for a great day that you brought us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for giving me the floor. I tell you, I've um, been doing some various uh, ministry on a very certain topic. Uh, many people don't know, when I was young, I'm always creating and doing something new. And when I was young, I decided I'm going to learn how to fly an airplane. So I took uh, pilot lessons and became a private pilot and uh, learned how to fly the little single engines and retract gear uh, airplanes. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I did that as I was a youth pastor. I don't know, uh, 37 years ago, maybe, uh, something like that. And uh, and the, the revelation that came to me through flying an airplane was so amazing. And I just want to share one small portion of a from a pilot's point of view. Uh, one thing that we learn, if you can just imagine, get in the get in the cockpit with me for a moment, and let's fly for a moment. And as we are, uh, as uh, I am being trained to be able to fly in all kinds of adverse circumstances. When um, when uh, one of, one of the parts of training for a private pilot is to learn how to fly in whenever, uh, let's say, a cloud or you get in the fog and you cannot see out. You see, the first first uh, pilot license is visual. That means that I can see at least a mile. I can see the horizon. I can see what's below me. And I got a mile clearance all around me. Uh, that is, uh, that's visual. And if you just have a mile, that's not very much. You really need a whole lot more than that to be comfortable. But under a mile, I believe it's the rules still are, under a mile, uh, you have to go to instrument rating. That means you forget looking out and you begin to go to your instruments. If you're going to land the plane, fly the plane, and live, you have to go by instruments. And so while we're flying, the, uh, the instructor puts a hood on your face where you cannot see out of that airplane. The only thing you can see is your instruments. Now, my instructor did this a couple of times, and he had me put my head down so I couldn't even see the instruments. He then began to rock the plane around, up and down and sideways, and he started confusing my inner ear and all of my normal sense of the horizon. And after he got me all upset, then he had the plane in some kind of configuration. He said, now, take the wheel and look up at your instruments and straighten this plane out. I got to tell you that during that time of, of upheaval and being rocked all over the place, my inner ear got so scrambled, I was convinced the airplane was upside down. I, I knew we were in deep trouble. But when I looked at the instruments, I saw that we were only, we were just kind of banked at maybe a 30 degree angle and going straight. The instruments said, look, just straighten the wings out and you're flying straight. But everything inside of me said, warning, warning, turn this airplane right side up. You're in trouble. You're going to die. And I remember the fear. 
and the uh, all of the, the all of the uh, feelings of and emotions rushing through me, and the instruments were contending with me. I was saying one thing, and the instruments were saying something else, and uh, so I had to learn this as a pilot that when you get sick in that cockpit because of all the turbulence, you have to forget and turn off the sickness if you want to live. And when you get your inner ear confused, or let's say you accidentally fly into a cloud or fog forms around you, and you got to go up to get out of the fog, uh, you your senses are going to go ballistic. Fear is going to hit every fiber of your being, and you must, as a pilot... If you want to live, you have to trust the instruments and forsake your feelings. Now, I know I'm speaking to someone here today because this is exactly what has happened in so many lives. Every life on the planet has been turned upside down. We've been rocked. We've been rolled. We've been uh, thrown into chaos. Fear has hit much of the world to the point that mass formation, which is one of the communist tactics of takeover, mass formation has moved 70 or 75% of the world. They've run into the sheep pen just to try to get out of that horrible feeling that I have just explained to you that a pilot goes through once you're, uh, everything's upheaved in the cockpit. But as the pilot as a pilot, I had to learn, forsake my feelings, forsake my fear, and get a hold and keep in command of the cockpit and stick with the uh, instruments. Well, I got to tell you, my mind was saying, but what if these instruments are wrong? We're upside down. We're going to crash into the ground. Uh, what if the instruments are wrong? Well, what if they're not? <laughs> uh, uh, the instruments should be right, and they should always be right, and you always have backup. You've always got lots of instruments there to tell you everything is okay. Now, I want to transition this for a moment to the Word of God, because the Word of God is clear. When the fog comes, when upheaval and disaster strikes, Go to the instrument. You are a born again believer. You believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Then you have an instrument panel. It's called the infallible, unchangeable Word of God. That's what your instrument panel is. The Word will lead you through the crisis. The Word of God, the great and many precious promises of God, will lead you through despair through fear, through tumultuous times. The Word of God will lead you through COVID or through the next pandemic or through the next this or that. It will lead you through trouble in, in your job, your business, your family, your personal life, your, uh, your physical uh, problems that you may be having. The Word of God is clear. It never changes it's infallible. And so we go to the instrument panel of faith and we hang on to the word of God when the storm comes, when the fog surrounds you, when you can't see the horizon. A lot of people would like to go back to normal. 
Normal is a bright, or is a bright, beautiful, cloudless day. You can see everything. You got everything in uh, in check. Everything's balanced. You're living a pretty good life. And it seems as though for the last few years, those days have been over. That's when you go to the instrument panel. I think of, and uh, got a scripture here in Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word, Lord, is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Now, when darkness hits, there's no moonlight, there's no sunlight, there's no street lights, there's no light. His word will guide you. It's His word would be like a lantern, a light that you have in your hand. You might not be able to see the horizon a mile away, but you can see what's in front of you. And during these times, the most important thing you can do is walk and plan your next two steps. Not your next 10, not your next 20, but plan your next two steps and take a look. The word will show you yes or no. Don't walk off that cliff. Take a turn. There's a rock in front of you. Don't stumble. The word of God will give you enough light to get you through the storm, the fog, the upheaval. And so, as the scripture said, King David wrote this and said, your word, Lord, I've learned this that during these dark times, your word is a lamp. Your word is a light for my feet and for my path. There's a, another scripture that I was thinking of uh, this morning. Um, the, the Bible says clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says, we walk by faith, not by what? sight. We as believers, those who are of the household of faith, not fear, faith. And I have to challenge us all because no doubt fear has presented itself to all of us. I remember being here in Panama when the whole COVID thing was coming down and we hadn't locked down yet, but the, but it looked like it was going to be real serious. I remember fear knocking at my door saying, what are you going to do, Daniel? What are you going to do? You're going to run? You should run. I think you should run away. And my wife and I made the decision, choose the mountain you're willing to die on. And we said, Panama is where God has called us. He called us there, and nothing's going to shake us off of there until he tells us to leave. And so we said, this is the mountain we're willing to die on. We're moving forward in Jesus' name. Well, we were confronted with fear. Can't tell you that I haven't had times where fear hasn't been standing beside me, whispering in my ear. I know fear's done that to all of us. And when we look with our natural eyes and we try to figure things out during the storm, during the fog, during the, the cloudy, where you're in the midst of the cloud or in the middle of a tornado or hurricane, when you're trying to figure all that out, you see debris flying, you see everything looks weird, it looks strange, and you can't get a true perception. That's why Paul said, during these times, walk by faith, faith not by eyesight. So it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what it looks like out here. I'm going to walk by faith. My family 
is going to walk by faith. God, you've called my family to a purpose, and we're going to walk that purpose out until our final last day when you decide I come home, and I'm going to stretch one out here a little further, no one's taken my life. I'll lay it down freely. That's what Jesus said, and that's what we should say. No one's going to take my life. I will lay it down when it's time, but you're not taking my life from me. Why? Because I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm walking as he's walking. He's walking in me, and he's walking in you. So you don't have to lay down, roll over, and take it. You move forward and take the kingdom by force. Do what God's told you to do. And when the fog comes around you, get your eyes on the instrument panel. Don't try to figure it out with your natural eyes, your natural ears, or your natural senses. They will be thrown off just like my instructor threw me off in the cockpit in order to train me to forsake fear, forsake my feelings, and stick with the, stick with, I'll say it this way, stick with the science. <laughs> stick with the instrument panel. That's what's going to get you through. And the word of God for 7,000 years or 6,000 years has, has gotten mankind through every cataclysmic situation. I mean, even in the worst day, the word of God got Noah and his family through hell on earth when the whole world was flooded. He listened to and stuck with the instrument panel. He moved forward. He seized the kingdom, built himself an ark under God's command, and his family was saved when everything else in the world was taken. So all the way through history, God's word will see you through. Here we are historically. And I know... Um, uh, a lot, a lot of us, we're always, we're, many of us, we trying to figure out: Is this the Antichrist? That the Antichrist? Is this the end? Few days? We got a year left. We got five years. What do we got? And I have personally decided that I'm just going to seize the kingdom until he comes. When he comes, I want him to find me in well doing in faith. Will my, will I find my servants walking in faith when I come? I figure, you know, I think there's seven or eight different themes and theories of how Jesus is going to come and how this whole thing wraps up and ends. That means if there's seven or eight, most of us are going to be wrong. So I've just decided I'm just going to move forward by faith. And when it happens, we're all going to see it. We're all going to know it. There won't be any questions. And I know, my God, that he's not going to say, well, now, you all did really good with everything except that end time message. Seven out of the eight of you missed it. So seven of you can't come along. That's not the way God moves. We're all going to get in on this deal whenever the end comes, if it comes or whatever. I do know that there's been 40 generations so far that have said, this is the end. This is the end. I know it. And it wasn't. So they all missed it. And and uh, uh, I don't want to spend too much energy trying to figure it out, especially in the storm. Stick with the Word of God. Psalm 91 is a great place to hang out during times of trouble. And uh, Psalm 91 talks about living in the secret place of the Most High, abiding under His shadow. And it goes on and it says, when you are living under the shadow, in the secret place, under his wings, when this happens, that no arrow that flies by day is going to hit you. 
No attack by night is going to hit you. It goes on and says, though a thousand fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, it will not come to me. Wow. Think about that. Now, that guy who has a thousand falling at his side and 10,000 at his right hand, he's in the middle of a doggone war is what he's doing, and there's people dying all around him, but it will not come to his door. When it says his door, I'm assuming that means his house, which means that the Lord told this guy to plant his house right in the middle of a battlefield, and while others were dying, laying their lives down, getting killed and slaughtered, it would not come to him or to his door because He's made the Most High his dwelling place. He's tucked in under the Most High's wings. I'm going to pray for here in just a second, and I just want to encourage you that um, you don't don't have to live outside of his wings. A, A life of faith is living under his shadow, under his protection, and under his care. It's as simple as saying, Lord, take me in, take me in, and he will bring you in. Now, the, the next part of this is the Lord's going to tell you something. His word's going to give you some indication. Maybe, maybe there's been some resistance. You may have been holding on to the old, maybe holding on to the old wineskin, and God's presenting a new wineskin to you. Maybe you've been doing this for a while, and now it's time to do that. Maybe the Lord's leading you into something brand new. And if that's the case, then. Stand by. Okay, we've uh, where to go. Consider it done. And uh, so, with that, I'd just like to pray for you just for a moment, and then, sir, I'm going to turn it right back over to you, or we can we can talk a little bit more. But, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now for my brothers and sisters, those listening all over the world. Those that have been in the fog, those that have been in the storm, they've gotten a bad report from their doctor. They've got a bad report from their, their boss. They had to quit a job. They, they lost freedom because they refused to comply with New World Order garbage. Whatever the punishment or whatever the resistance or the trouble has been that has brought fog, clouds, thunderstorm, hail, um, hurricane. Tsunami, whatever it has been that has disrupted my brothers and sisters' lives, I thank you, Lord, that these will not prevail. And we look at the instrument panel right now, the Word of God. You said, Lord, that you will preserve our lives, that you will not allow the enemy to come in like a flood without raising a standard against him and making him pay sevenfold for the trouble the time, the energy, the money spent during this last storm. I thank you, Father, for bringing my brothers and sisters up into your, under your wings, into the secret place of the Most High, so that they will walk in faith and not fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. They'll walk in faith and move forward. You've called us as born-again believers to be first responders. 
just like those firemen in the 9-11 towers. They went in when everyone else was running out. The whole world's running out, but we are running in with the good news of the gospel, with the power of God, the power to heal in Jesus' name, the power to preach the gospel and see people come to the light, to the glorious light, and the power to set the captives free. And there's a lot of captives these days that need to be freed. Thank you for arming us, Lord, and keeping us under your protection during these days. In Jesus' name, amen. We're live with Dr. Daniel Daves, coming to you from Panama. Brother, that's a powerful message you just brought. And um, I've really been feeling the same thing in my spirit, that uh, we can't control everything that's going on. And I know certain things are going to have to happen. But we cannot also allow fear to stop us. That's the worst thing we can do is stop uh, working for the Lord Jesus and what he's put our hands to do. And so we've got to overcome the spirit of fear and keep on running for Jesus. Now, since our last program, I've had some friends begin to tell me that uh, they have this urge to farm. And I have one that lives up in the mountains. I think he's up in, uh, where is Brother Michael Basham? I think he's in the Carol- he's in the Carolinas somewhere, probably North Carolina. And uh, they've got a little plot out there, and he's growing chickens, got some goats. He's putting seeds in the ground. And I know others that are beginning to do this. They know that food shortages are coming. And a lot has happened since our last program. Um, yeah. And this is something that God told you in the very beginning when he called you to Panama. Um, learn to, to grow at the root. What did he say? Yes, seize control of food at the root level. And that is not for just us. That's for everyone that's listening to this program right now. Seize control now. Okay, so I want you to give us some updates on what's going on there with global food producers and um, anything else God puts on your heart to share tonight. Is it too late for people to get prepared, number one, and number two, um, can they help in what you're doing because you're well-established there. Um, You're up and running, and give us some updates on what you are doing there on the ground. I sure will. Well, the good news is it's never too late. If you have breath in your lungs, it is not too late. God's given us uh, another day, and, uh, you know, many times the Lord will just bless you with open doors and speed things up so that what would take 20 years might only take a year. We've seen that happen many, many times, and uh, not just with ourselves, but with many others. We moved out of here to Latin America 13 years ago because the Lord did speak to us clearly, seize control of food at the root level. Now, our nonprofit ministry organization has always fed children, widows, orphans, uh, but we've always done it that we procure food, truckloads of it, and then we would get it to those in great need uh, with their boots on the ground. Typically, many times, missions groups or churches who were, you know, in the Philippines or through Africa, all through Latin America, and that's what we would do. But when the Lord told us, seize control of food at the root level, I knew that that meant Daniel Dave's. Uh, is going who's never grown a tomato before is going to have to learn how to grow food from the root from the, the ground level up and so 13 years ago we landed in latin america we found a 
beautiful piece of property that the Lord led us to. We know he did because it's in the middle of nowhere, first of all, where people would say, can any good thing come out of that little place? Uh, but uh, we were when we drilled our well, we were blessed with one of the three largest wells in the nation of Panama, right on that little piece of property. The company that's been in business for 35 years says, we've heard about this river, but we've never tapped it, and you own it. It's yours. So we hit 150 gallons a minute, where everyone else only gets 25 or 35 gallons a minute uh, all through Panama. And um, so we knew that was the right piece in the middle of nowhere. The Lord knows what he's doing. And if you need to find a piece of land, or if you have a balcony that you can put hydro, aquaponics, any, you know, uh, uh, pots, grow some food. Um, it's amazing what you can do with just a small footprint of space. Um, and let me say this, for someone who says, well, I don't have a lot of space. If you go out to globalfoodproviders.com, that's our ministry website. We have out there access to uh, what's called the Garden Grow Tower 2 pro project. It's a four square foot, two by two, four square foot unit that grows 72 plants. It is a set it and forget it. It uses worm casting tea. It uses compost. Uh, it, it It's unbelievable what it does. I When I saw this, I said, I have got to make this available. So anyway, if you don't have a lot of space, just go get a garden grow tower project, or I can show you how to build a half million dollar project such as ours. That does the same thing that our great big farm does, and it'll feed your whole family. So so here we are, we've built a, a 6,000 meter greenhouse, which is a monster. Every morning it wakes up and says, feed me. <laughs> and uh, we say, yes, sir. And it's filled with beautiful uh, plants. The, the plants that we grow are leaves, superfood leaves. Kale, Swiss chard, mustard green, collard greens, bok choy, tatsoi, spinach, okra, and moringa. We have a lot of moringa in the house, and which is the superfood. If you if you don't know about moringa, look it up because that's the superfood tree. You need three of them in your backyard, and you will not starve to death if all the food supplies stopped. It has all the nutrition you need for living in one tree. So you could pick the seeds up. I think a thousand seeds are 40 bucks in the U.S. on eBay, something like that. Moringa, make sure you get that. So our farm, uh, we grow all of this, and then we powderize it. We, we dehydrate it. We have a dehydration center. We powderize the food uh, uh, into a super green powder, and then we get it out to widows, orphans, and the severely malnourished. Interesting that this superfood green has been studied by the, the um, School of Nutrition at the, uh, at the medical school here in Panama, and they have come out and given two thumbs up. They've actually offered their signatures to help us get it licensed so we can export it to those in great need. Now, my goal personally is not to export millions of pounds of this. Our farm's not big enough, but we have built a prototype that works. It doesn't take a lot to make it work. And that prototype now is available for everyone to learn how to do the same thing. You can either learn through our online videos, Global Food Providers and on YouTube, or you can come out to the farm, come out for a two or three day uh, lesson, and we'll show you everything and, and the secrets of how to grow your own fertilizer. 
getting off grid. Uh, fertilizer today, commercial, is three to four hundred percent higher than it was before. Farmers are going bankrupt. Food supplies are going down because of the fertilizer shortage. Why? Because fertilizer is connected to oil. And as oil goes, so goes the agricultural world on steroids. So if oil goes up 10 bucks, the agricultural world is in deep, deep trouble. If it doubles, the agricultural world is dead. So we've learned how to grow our own fertilizer. We have a multi-leg approach, and we will show you how to do that. We'll show you how to build a dehydration center. It's not rocket science. These are some of the secrets we've learned out here through 13 years of blood, sweat, and tears, and we give it in the name of Jesus to help preserve the lives, especially in the third world. Now, there's shortages in the first world, and they're going to get worse. Uh, instead of 50 different kinds of bread, you might only have five on the shelf, and the shelf looks bare, and it might be scary. But where there's only five loaves, different kinds of bread in the third world, it might go to zero. When the third world runs out of food, they don't have the money that the wealthier Western nations have to commandeer ships full of food in to feed the people. So if you can imagine, a lot of the food that the United States, Canada, Mexico uh, eats, a lot of that is grown down in Chile. Uh, so clear down at the tip of South America. And so Chile is bringing a shipload of mangoes, great nutrition or whatever, and it's coming up. Well, if Panama doesn't have any food, um, then Panama is going to make a bid for that shipload of food. But Panama won't have as much money as the United States Canada, Mexico, or wealthier nations. And so that ship is going to go by because Panama cannot afford it. What does that mean? The people in Panama starve. That's what it means. And there are hundreds of nations right now, a hundred and some nations that are in great risk of starvation in the next couple of years. I don't have time to go through all the details, but you could just simply go out to the um, World Food Program or uh, any any of the large food programs and just look at their stats. It's they're horrifying. Up to 1.2 billion people may not be here in the next two years, as the famine is increasing. Much of it man-made. That's probably another program, isn't it, sir? Well, you know, um, <laughs> but um, food control. That's what we're doing here. We have, uh, and, and as a nonprofit, we do uh, really appreciate supporters, donors. What we really uh, are always pushing for is just someone who says, look, I'd like to partner with you uh, and just partner 10 bucks a month, 20 a month, 100 a month, whatever, whatever it is that you can. You can do a partnership with us, and, uh, and that $10, I promise you, will go further in our hands than it could ever go anywhere else in the world. We turn 10 bucks into $50 worth of energy, and we've learned how to do it. We do it every day. So um, uh, globalfoodproviders.com, or you can see us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, and uh, we're always putting videos out helping to people uh, for people to be aware and learn how to grow your fertilizer, how to grow food. Eventually, some places on the planet are going to have to grow your food in secret because the the Gestapo's coming after your food supplies and they're going to regulate you out of the right to eat. Um, and so you're going to, some are going to have to learn how to grow food in secret. We know how to do that. 
um, and we'll show you. I'll just give you one little hint. If you have an attic, it's time to retrofit it now and put your food up there and start growing it under under lights. Wow. Uh, there's many ways to do it, but um, uh, in Jesus' name, we're not going to starve during this pre-planned Population Reduction Act, and as far as I'm concerned, anyone that I have access to, I'm not going to let them starve either. And that starts with widows and orphans, the most at-risk people uh, in our in our communities. Amen, uh, brother Daniel. I want you to extend another ten minutes if you've got the time. I got a couple rapid-fire questions for you. Um, Let's go. Okay, uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, treaty? getting ready to be signed and ratified that's going to give the WHO all the power in the next pandemic. And they're talking already about COVID-19 passports. Um, you- right. Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's a done deal, I suppose. Um, because as angry as the awakened population is, they're not mad enough. And, um, uh, we are not, uh, you know, the the normal population. Let me back up just a moment. I don't know if you, y'all uh, listening here, if you watch different groups like um, I, I listen sometimes to Alex Jones uh, to see what what pulse he's got. I listen to uh, Mike Adams, the Health Ranger, and a bunch of others. And I got to tell you, a ton of these people who never ever mentioned Jesus before, they are all radical born again fire breathing christians now uh, and and these tough times have driven them to that saying only god's going to save us you know we're going to do all we can do but we, we better start acknowledging the one who these satanists and neocons are at war with so uh, after saying that um this thing, uh, the the people that need to rise up have not yet decided to arise, and therefore the new world order is going to roll forward. It's just going tell they're stopped. They laugh at us just posting online our disgruntled, um, you know, mentalities. They they've built the online for us to be able to uh, vent ourselves, so they know who we are, they know what we're thinking, and uh, and all of our all of our anger and issues are vented out online bottom line is this i i believe this is probably this is probably going to go down there will there's going to be a, a wave of those who resist and fight it and uh, i mean i'm not signing on to any of that um i'm i am not their subject nor do i uh do i care to even know the head of the who and and uh, he's not my mama He's not my daddy. He's not my leader. Sure. And so, uh, so I won't be a part of that uh, at all. Now that means that I'm going to walk into suffering, but for truth's sake, I have to be willing to do that, and I am willing to do that. I've already settled it in my heart. I'm. I've found the mountain. I've found the calling. I've found what God wants me to do, and I'm not backing off of it. Now, if that takes me down takes me down. I'm not giving my life. You know, I, I, I'm not until it's time to give my life. My life's been given to him. So I really recommend that, that you get in the same uh, ballpark if you can, folks, and that is find what God's called you to do. Find the mountain and get on it. Defend it with your life. 
and don't comply. Man, I love so that. So I, I think it's, I'm sorry? I love that. That is right on. Um, I know some in America that are looking uh, to relocate, and Ecuador keeps coming up. Um, I know you've traveled all over Central America. Did you ever look at Ecuador? And uh, what's your I've been opinion? in Ecuador many times, yeah. I heard you can yeah. put anything in the ground and it will grow. What's your opinion of that? Um, I don't know too much about the political climate over there, but any thoughts on people relocating to Ecuador? Ecuador has been very socialistic, but that doesn't matter these days because everyone's coming out socialistic these days, <laughs> all of them. Uh, they're all in a line with, uh, with the New World Order. And so uh, if people are relocating, I would say uh, uh, get close to the equator if you can. You want to, you want to, um, there's a, uh, we'll never be ready. Once you, if you, you move out, you get a piece of land, you build a house, you get a generator, and all, you'll never be ready. Not, never fully. But prepare as much as you can. And what I would say is get close to a community that thinks like you. Don't go it alone. Um, don't don't go up the mountain and become a hermit. First of all, if uh, if I'm talking to a gentleman, your wife probably isn't going to go with you. You know, <laughs> no one's going to be happy up on the mountain living under a tree. Um, um, you know, with with no uh, with no amenities. So get close to a community because you're you may have one strength, but you're going to be lacking in ten others, and that's where the other where the other community members can help you out. And uh, a, a tight-knit community that defends and fights for one another is going to be a community that makes it through this thing. I mentioned um, that because um, some people looking to relocate, but I think you got to keep in mind, too, there's some places where uh, they don't have much of a local food supply. I mean, for example, Singapore, they don't grow anything over there. Everything has to be trucked in, oh, shipped in. Wow. Uh, I was thinking about Costa Rica, and I spent three years there. And then I remembered, um, you know what? That place is not known for a lot of local food production. It, it is for the coffee. Their beef is horrible. And uh, I'm thinking about there's communities around the world people might think about relocating to, but you're going to go there and you're going to run out of food. Um, yeah. I, I think a, the bottom line here, wherever you're going to be, is we've got to be thinking about food and eating and the fact that these globalists are definitely using contrived chaos to cut off the food supply, cut off the nitrogen supply, as you mentioned. Um, sure, there's an article today that someone said they paid $16 in America for a Big Mac combo meal. And it's like, uh, I haven't been to America in seven years. I mean, does a combo meal cost you 16 bucks? But I mean, you know, it wasn't long ago. Um, a dollar an egg out on the West Coast. You know, and we were talking, we're hearing about all these constant food shortages. Is it true that Ukraine uh, has been an exporter of um, fertilizer? I don't know if I get yes, that right absolutely. or not. Absolutely. So, and that's uh, Ukraine and Russia both have, um, I, I think it's called urea or something that is, they're, they're huge. Uh, and they were, they're 35 to 40% of the entire world's fertilizer production in that area. And so that is all cut off, and um, the world is scrambling right. to, to try to find that fertilizer and produce it elsewhere. And that's why the prices are three hundred to four hundred percent higher. So I live in, uh, uh, one thing that one thing that um, uh, we've learned, 
And and uh, we've considered building a community out here. Actually, we've got a lot of like-minded people out here that are, that are like, hey, when this thing comes down, we're going to need to be close to each other because you know, when if they lock this down again yes. and say stay in your homes, uh, we need to be next door to the farm, right. not five miles away from the farm because. Right. You, you might be growing something over there, but if you can't get to it <laughs> and if you can't defend it and protect it, then yes. uh, then everything's at risk. So uh, so absolutely, people need to wh- wh- you need to be close within walking distance to your food supply. Absolutely. And you, we also need to we've got to rally a, a few different things. Number one. What at the end of the day, what nutrition do we need to stay alive and healthy? Now, we may not be happy because I didn't get my T-bone steak this week, but what would it take to stay alive and be healthy? Uh, If we can find that out, then we need to figure a place that can grow all of that, Uh, grow that nutrition. Um, Then we need to figure out, yes, we're we're going to eat some of it raw. Uh, We need to learn, make sure that we can cook it. So there's a whole round of of communication. What type of energy are you going to use? Do, are you redundant? Do you have backup supplies of energy? I mean, all the way back to to cooking it on an open flame if you have to. Um, then then uh, we have water. Don't forget water. Fresh water supply because they're coming after the water. Right here in Panama, we're under a deluge of water that is that is unbelievable it's unprecedented what's going on every day here wow. and we have water personnel going around and they're citing and writing tickets to people who are using their garden hose to water their tomatoes and they're writing them a ticket really saying you, you don't have the right to to water your tomatoes with that garden hose that's only for drinking water oh wow <laughs> you know can you so, um you know uh, you- so and of course governments are all broke they're assigning their people out to write tickets and bring in revenue. So yes. you are the sheep, and they have the shears, and they're coming. That, that So that's another thing, water. Do you have water? I told a bunch of guys here, I said, look, you just need to put your irrigation lines underground yes. and turn them on at the nozzle and water your tomatoes. No one can see it. Yes. It's, th- we're just in that day where you're just going to have to uh, operate that way, probably grow your food in secret. So, uh, so that's important. Beef, chicken, pork, if, you're, if that's a part of your diet, yes. then how do you do that? Good news in Panama, and every nation is going to have its problems, but good news in Panama is Panama is loaded with indigenous folks here, and they all have a pig that they're always raising, and it's always for sale in 90 to 100 days. You know, So there's wow. always organic pork around, and there's always chickens everywhere, chickens all over the place. I love me uh, So chicken. now, I'm sorry? I said I love chickens. So... Um, yeah, well, with the with the this new avian flu thing right. that is being threatened, if that if that comes down, they're going to demand the extermination of every chicken and every bird in the world. God have mercy. Uh, and hmm. and it wouldn't uh, surprise me if they don't go on in and say, "Look, your dogs and cats need to go too." It's just the way it is because they it transmits over to them, and then it's dangerous for humans. Uh, they're they're ruthless and they're vicious and uh, and if they knock out the all the chickens in the world, it's over. You know, I mean, no more eggs, no more protein. Um, beef is 
you know, I think two cows take one hectare just to, uh, in grass, just to take care of two cows. Uh, when I could grow a million chickens on that same hectare, you well, know. Look at um, Scotland. So, Scotland's talking about culling two hundred thousand cattle uh, to reduce global warming emissions. These people are psycho, brother Daniel. Yeah, and they sure are. They're full of demons, and they want to starve us to death into control. Um, let me ask you one more question on this program: the rise of the CBDC and Bitcoin. I know you are a proponent for cryptocurrencies. I am. Uh, where do you see us headed in the price of Bitcoin, and uh, how is this digital currency that the Fed is trying to put together going to affect us? All right. Well, let me not blow your mind here right now, hopefully, but um, as you know, we have a trading group. Uh, we, we technically trade markets, and uh, we do live trading classes twice a week in the evenings. And uh, we have watched a development happening in gold, silver, crypto, and the S&P 500, and the U.S. dollar. And uh, now, don't hold me 100% to this, because we are typically 90% correct on this call. The U.S. dollar has just set itself up that after, and this would be the ticker symbol DXY, after one more drop of the dollar, of just a small drop, the dollar is set to potentially rocket upwards in value over the next few years by 35%. Wow. That's a, te- that's a technical call. Now, in our fundamental thinking, we go, that is not possible. The dollar's worthless. It's dead. It's over. Right. They're printing it like crazy. And, that, and that's what my mind says, too. Now, let me take, take us back to the pilot cockpit watch your instruments not what you feel that's how we make money in the in the markets is we only go by the instruments not how we feel about the markets and so the only uh, and and if the dollar rockets upward it probably will push the cryptos and bitcoin down um, i would imagine because those are the alternate uh, unless Bitcoin can somehow decouple from the dollar. Right now, the dollar is Bitcoin's nemesis. And when Bitcoin goes up, the dollar's falling. Go, the dollar goes up, Bitcoin is falling. And unless they can disconnect somehow, then Bitcoin will probably suffer if this U.S. dollar rockets up in, in, in a formation, technical formation, that's called a cup and handle play. Um, and that would be using a weekly dollar DXY chart. So the only thing I can think of, and this is above my pay grade, but the only thing I can think of is if they do this CBDC, it's the new crypto like Bitcoin, but better, shinier, stronger, and all of the failing currencies jump into that dollar. And everyone says, let's go digital, let's go dollar, yay! If they do that, it could rocket that thing up by the 35% we're talking about. I could see that if the whole world jumps in, then it could rally. Um, I I believe the dollar is dead for 13 years, you know, 13 years since I woke up 13, 14 years ago. I started buying gold and silver, you know, and uh, gold and silver still done real well. It's gone up, up, up. It's resisting, even though the the bankers and the and the dollar 
creators, those boys, are all fighting gold and silver all the time. So, uh, so I just want you to be aware, it is possible the whole world is running to gold and silver, and the whole world is running into crypto. It is possible that these big, giant idiots are about to do a slam dunk on, on what we consider right. Um, well, I'm just telling you this te- technically. Technically speaking, the dollar set itself up and revealed that the giants of the market, that would be the big international bankers, are getting ready to take it up. That's all I know. And we are 90% successful in that. I wish it wasn't. I wish the dollar would just go straight to zero because that's the power of these elites to print whatever they want, do whatever they want, kill whoever they want, and start wars with whoever they want. I wish it would just die. <laughs> well, agreed. And then, but and then their power would be taken. Wouldn't this also present an op- a buying opportunity, though, for people that say, hey, I think I waited too late to get in on Bitcoin? Um do you yes. think it's still a viable purchase? In other words, people say, irregardless of what happens to the dollar, I don't trust it in the long term. I don't want to keep my money in there. Um, where do people put their money if they still have some? Gold, silver, Bitcoin? Do you still agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, but I, um, I'm always a wholesale guy. So Bitcoin's up at the top right now. It's okay. sitting up at 25, 26,000. It's trying to go higher. Um, and uh, and so I, if I were... Had some cash to put in. I would wait for it to pull back. You know, okay. I'd I'd say, hey, I'm not getting in until I get a wholesale price on this stuff. Right now, it's retail. It's up at the top. So I'm always I'm always waiting for a pullback, and that just reduces your risk. If if it's 25 today, 26 today, and it drops to 20, hey, that's a. If I buy it at 20, I save five thousand dollars. Okay. Now it may not come down to 20. And I'm okay with that because I'm always only a wholesale buyer. So, but, and I would also say there's hundreds of altcoins out there, and a lot of them are in a lot of trouble. A lot of them are going down, down, down while Bitcoin is holding. But there are a few real strong ones out there. And our technical trading system, uh, we're able to identify the strong coins that are worth getting into. And those strong ones sometimes will go up twice as fast as Bitcoin will. You got a, um, you got a favorite in there? Um, are you a proponent of Shiba Inu? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't been um, because I haven't tracked it. Um, we, we haven't spent a lot of time with it. Um, and I think between Shiba and uh, what's the other one, Doji. 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 If I remember right, there's not a whole lot backing them. True. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm not opposed. If my technical setup that I just told you about at the dollar, if that hits Shiba, I'm in. Okay. I don't care what it is. <laughs> I'm in, but I just wait for the technical play. But we haven't we haven't been watching Shiba. So you you go in there, you buy, and then when it goes high, you sell. You don't try to hang on to it too long. Is that what you mean by wholesale? That's right. That's okay. right. We uh, we're never buy and hold. Never. Um, and as if you if you remember, I think we talked. Bitcoin hit the top up at. Uh, we were out at sixty-four thousand, right, and waited for another opportunity to get in, and that did not come until. I mean, I'm have to remember. I think seventeen, seventeen thousand. It dropped, and that's when we got back in. Wow. So uh, it it was hard waiting, 
you know, uh, because, you know, you want to jump in. Hey, th if this turns around and goes, I want to be in. But but our system w protects us and would not allow us in because it follows the giants. It, it follows the big boys with the billion-dollar checkbook. And until they're buying, we're not buying. If Once someone, they start buying, then we jump in. If someone would like to learn more, are there any programs they can get involved with regarding crypto? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. The first thing I recommend is get training, get instruction, because it is a shark pool out there. And um, um, the sharks are saying, come on in, the water's warm. And But you will be lunch if you don't have training. You are know? you doing... Uh, so the first thing... First thing is get training, get some good solid training under you, and then then you'll be able to create a dynasty with your seed that you put out there. So uh, if you if you're interested in what we do, it's GiantTracker.com. We track the giants in the marketplace, the predators, the sharks, the hyenas, the the lions, the ones that the the carnivores that take the little unknowing guys and girls out. We track them, and we jump in their pocket, and when they move, we move. Giant Not Tracker. GiantTracker.com. Spell that for us. Giant, G-I-A-N-T, Tracker, T-R-A-C-K-E-R.com. It also, DrDanielDaves.com, you can do it there, and, and it uh, goes to the same place. GlobalFoodProducers.com, is that your domain? It's Global Food Providers, globalfoodproviders.com. That is our nonprofit organization and what we do 60 hours a week to feed widows and orphans. Globalfoodproviders.com. Okay, we'll put that in the chat room. I want to thank you thank for coming you. on today. We're going to see you again next week. Uh, do you want to close us in prayer, my friend? Thank you for coming on. You got it. Thank you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for faith filling the room, filling our hearts filling our minds and calming the emotions. I thank you that we will not walk by sight, but we shall walk by faith in Jesus' name. And I thank you no matter what the enemy does, no matter how he comes in, like a flood, you'll set up a standard against him. And I commission and call right now for the angels of God to go out for my brothers and sisters and return to them sevenfold of everything that's been stolen from them. Peace, health, security, jobs, finances, whatever it is, family members, relationships, that he will he has been caught, he shall repay sevenfold back into their hands, and may it be this year in 2023. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding to grow food, to get into location. Lord, show us. Tell us where to be. Where is my mountain that you want me to defend? And Lord, speak to me, and I'll get on that mountain, and I'll defend it with everything I got in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Bless us with the seed of your word. May it bring a hundredfold uh, produce and response in our lives as we move forward throughout this month in jesus name amen my friend powerful word tonight i'll send you a copy thank you for making time for us today god bless you we'll see you next time we'll look forward to it god bless you folks professor tom mack coming up next let me go ahead and get him on and uh, man that was great information here okay let's get the professor on stand by for reset